Welcome to Daybreak with Ted Tibbett and Michael Paul. If you have a comment, you can call us now at 261-0898 or pound 981 on any ceasefire device. Our email is newsradiomornings at gmail.com. A little dramatic music right here as we bring into the studio. Let the ladies part the way, get the curtains closed. Gene Valentino is in the house. <laughs> Good morning, Ted. How are you? Stewie and I are just fine. We're sitting here in our bikinis drinking pina coladas, waiting for the fun to begin, and we've gone through half a dozen guests waiting on you. Good morning. Well, that's a- that's a visual I'm going to have to deal with this morning. <laughs> What's it like looking out over the water down in your neck of the woods this morning? Well, we're out in the back looking out to the Perdido Bay. It's clear. You can, you know you have a good day when you can see eight miles out to the Lillian Bridge. The Lillian Bridge is the bridge between Alabama and uh, Florida, and we're right on that borderline between Florida and Alabama. Well, enjoy the day. Enjoy the weather. You going to try to do a little flying this weekend? Yeah, we are. We're going to get it up in the air probably tomorrow and um, do some low flight, slow flight. This is not a high speed aircraft. This is a, this will get you up to maybe 125 miles an hour, but it's a uh it's it's it, it's it's recreational. It's fun. You can get I can still get to Tallahassee in um uh less than two uh, hour and a half and I can get down to Biloxi where you are in about 35, 40 minutes. It's not a bad flight then, is it? No, it really, it's good if I need to get a, get around in the outer 300-mile radius around the home here. But it's not meant from here. It's not meant for an aircraft to reach Las Vegas or Portland, Maine <laughs> or Seattle. I better, I better find an alternative for that. We can't send it to Washington and put the president on it and just fly away, huh? Well, if I could, uh, if if that was an option, I would do it. <laughs> Gene, we always appreciate that you stay on top of everything. We're looking here, and Charles and I were talking about this Supreme Court deal, and I heard some news commentator yesterday talk about the people protesting the judges they think that are going to vote against Roe versus Wade. And they said, you know, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg would be against any intimidation of the justices. That if you're a real lover of our system of government, what these people are doing is awful. And, uh, you know, it's a shame it's come down to like this. But what's the latest? Yeah, right now, i got to tell you, I'm stunned because the Republican lawmakers uh, were calling on Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland to enforce the 1950 federal law that makes it illegal to hold protests outside the homes of judges. They're not supposed to be doing this. This is a serious situation. This is not your normal right to free speech. Free speech is an absolute right. No one's going to argue that point. And uh, the right to assembly. But there is a, an ex- specific carve-out for the judiciary and, and so that they are not intimidated, motivated, or uh, and we do such an impactful job at that when we're interviewing who is to become a Supreme Court justice to be careful how we 
uh, pose the question to them on issues of abortion and a dozen other things that um, they're cautious on. They talk about their judicial philosophy, and <clears throat> and from that you're supposed to judge whether you think the candidate for the Supreme Court is legitimate or not. Here, you've got the leaders of the House and the Senate, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, blessing the notion that it's okay for these Supreme Court justices to be threatened and their families and forced to move out of their home to secret hiding until the thing, uh, the issue subsides, is a heinous breach of the law that that we must rise up and make sure is enforced. Uh, this is the last of the three legs of our judiciary uh, of our government. It is the judiciary, and we must step up and protect it to ensure that in the while dysfunction uh, pervades the. Uh, the uh, legislative and administrative um, divisions of our government that we have at least protection of the judiciary to make sure we are, are uh, uh, adjudicating right from wrong during this crazy time. Uh, I, I think we need to get an enforcement action in place. The normal thing would be is to call upon the military. Of course, that would be the president doing so. And, uh, He's been out to lunch. I don't know what the heck's wrong with him, but there, this is worsening daily, and I'm offended by what President Biden now has done to hurt the democracy we live in. It's not what our country was built on, and I know our forefathers and the great brilliant minds that wrote our Constitution, Bill of Rights, would, could not even imagine something like this. This sounds like something more in Nazi Germany during the war it where is. you're intimidating our friends. Yeah, it's absolutely the beginning of what is this autocratic state. There are too many signals hitting all of us now. I mean, we haven't talked about baby formula shortages. We haven't talked about the fact that the gas price per gallon is the historic high ever. Both in our face right now, two other crises. I tell you, Biden has failed on everything he's put his hands on. He has not won on a single issue. And you know what's interesting? The one we didn't open the show with this morning is our friend Elon Musk, who just 10 minutes ago, Ted, before the show, announced that he's committed to putting the Twitter deal, going through with the Twitter deal. But at 6 a.m. this morning, the deal is temporarily on hold to analyze the number of real subscribers. It turns out, even Elon got to the bottom of some nefarious wrongdoing at Twitter, and now he's forcing Twitter to true up the numbers to uh, make the uh, transaction real. Yeah, I heard there's even implications of evaluation fraud <clears throat> and uh, the underestimation of how many bots and fake illegal accounts that they had. Yes, that's true. Uh, it's, there's an example I heard that's, that's quite appropriate. So you go into the store and you go to buy 100 eggs and all of a sudden you find out that about five, you're told that 5% of them are likely to be broken. And so therefore you come up with a price on the 100 eggs only to find out 15 to 20% are broken. Well, what would you do? You'd want a better price. And that's what Elon is doing right now. 
Well, you know, I don't blame you for that. People talk about the Super Bowl all the time and the television of that, and they're getting ten, fifteen, twenty million dollars a spot, whatever they are. That is a cost based on a guaranteed delivery. And if oh, they don't, if you don't deliver twenty million, there's a rebate back in that, and the cost has to come back down because you guaranteed something like that. That uh, that's another can of worms that's going to be squiggling everywhere this coming week or so. You might have picked up on the news this morning, Ted, that uh, Elon was also tweeted by the folks in Maripol, Ukraine. Asked them, uh, the U- Ukrainians are asking Elon again for more military help. I should say more military data for uh, to uh, for them to defend themselves. And Elon, while he's dealing with the Twitter deal, is also uh, helping them with the uh, uh, defense strategy data for a war between Ukraine and Russia. You, this man's all over the place. How'd you like him for a neighbor? I, I think I would like him. You know, he, he's, he's an interesting character. It is, as a lot of rich people are and powerful people, they're rather eccentric in some ways in fashion, but uh, he's got a bottom line that he lives by, and that's not bad. I think it's kind of ironic or shameful that Ukraine is dependent upon Elon Musk for military advice or help, you know, and that, that whole thing over there, one of the later ones I heard yesterday was that Putin's, what he might do now is just stop where he's at and say, well, this is what I wanted all along. This is victory for the Russian people, and, and we're right here, and then negotiate a, a settlement and just take what he's got. It's just absolutely I, I agree with you. I don't Yeah. I sit here with my hands up in the air because I'm old enough. I was I got drafted during the Vietnam War, and that was a mistake. And just about everything we've done since then is a mistake. But I, I learned one thing in talking to military people from that time. Never get in a fight you don't want to win. And don't let the politicians run it. Let your best military people run it. You know, if you want to win a war, go to your best military genius and say, we want to win this, you tell me what we got to do to win it, and Call me when it's over with, you know. There must be sound resolution and uh, adoption of the cause and the merits for which, for which you're trying to protect and the principles you're trying to protect. And all of that comes from good leadership. And whether it's uh, Vladimir Putin in Russia or uh, Mr. Biden here in the United States, we lack leadership. There, uh, we talked about it briefly in the last se- uh, segment last week. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza, commentator, political activist, a man who served some time in jail uh, for having allegedly contributed to a campaign that Bill and Hillary Clinton did not approve of. Dinesh D'Souza, now a film producer and uh, quite an interesting uh, commentator with many insightful books, has just finished the production of his new movie called 2,000 Mules. Uh, Maureen and I watched it uh, two days ago, a streaming, and then uh, uh, put it up on, airdropped it up to our uh, TV, and it was pretty good. We, it hasn't come out on the movie theaters yet, I don't think, or if it has, it's limited. But I would ask everybody to watch this movie, 2,000 Mules. It's, uh, it's, it's real. It's not fiction. It's it's real uh, 
documented events and the people in his uh, circle were skeptical. I don't want to give too much of the movie away, but they, the movie started being very skeptical as to whether uh, there was a uh, fraud in the elections. Well, the data provided by independent people was so overwhelming with video showing the fraud that was uh, occurring at the ballot boxes nationwide, especially in the blue states and the concentrated blue cities, was outrageous. And now for us to turn away from that is a crime unto itself. You know, I, I, I didn't want to think that there was any fraud in the election. I, I was living in a la-la land and said, surely in this great country of ours, nobody would do something like that. And as it turns out, you, after the fact, you see what, you know, maybe the president was right. Donald Trump was right in what was doing. The election was stolen from him. It's just horrible. Hey, Ted, to think how that, many times? I'm sorry to uh, go ahead. interrupt. How many, how many times have we said that? Oh, well, it turns out the president is right. I've, everybody has been saying it lately. It, 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 the information Trump had on the wrongdoing is exactly why he threw a grenade in the pond, offended the sheepish people who were on the sidelines going to work every day, not in their, not into the politics the way and the and the and the stories, the depth of the stories, the way uh, we are here. All of a sudden, find out that the devil in the detail turns out to be accurate, wow. and cities are falling terribly. Chicago, uh, the, the 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 cities in chaos with more crime coming into the into the suburb, uh, uh, and Mayor Lightweight Lightfoot thinks she's got the city under control and deserves to be reelected. What are we hiding from? Why are we willing to be overcome? We had decisive leaders, and to your point earlier, Ted, the last war we won was World War Two. Everything since then has been a mistake, and we got to make sure our policies are in place, and we get behind a strong leader to take a position to correct this nation both internally and abroad. Wow. Gene, as usual, and as always, you're very insightful and right on top of the matters there. It's about that time of the morning where we ease out of here. You with the beautiful view out over the water us here thinking uh, that it's a Friday, and we're thankful for that as well. So enjoy the weekend, and well, Gene, thank you. I look forward to next week visiting again. We've got one more week before Michael oh. comes back. Uh, yeah, that's what I hear. Well, we hope Michael's having a great vacation, and uh, I look forward to being with you guys. You are very insightful and, and enjoy being with you, collaborating. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gene Valentino, the Velvet Hammer. Coming up on 7.30, WMXI, WFOR, Charles and Ted. Good morning. You know, well, I'm a chicken fried. A cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just.